0: Good afternoon. Welcome to Strictly Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Strickland. Special guest today is going to be Josh Muir from The Call out of Baltimore, Maryland. We're going to get right into things. We're going to talk NFL and also UFC return of live events. Josh, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey,
1: man. Always good to be talking sports, uh, especially what's going on, man. But we, we got some things to talk about,
0: don't we? Oh, yes, we do. First thing <laughs> I want to touch on is, uh, you know, Next week, the NFL is going to release the full 17-week schedule. And uh, rumors out there is there's going to be no changes, well, at least major changes anyway. Um, The schedule is going to include the September 10th opener and the Super Bowl on February 7th. And their vision is to have fans in the stands. However, that's probably going to be determined based on what's going on with the pandemic that's going around. So uh, what are you you looking for out of the schedule for for – I mean, the big-time games. Well, I'm definitely looking for uh,
1: some appetizing primetime games, the primetime schedule, as always, when <clears throat> obviously me being the season ticket holder and Ravens fan, I am, first thing I do is look at the Ravens' full slate of games where, they obviously, we know where they're playing away at home, but as a matter of fact, when those games are, and obviously I expect um, really quickly, just speaking on the Ravens, man, I, I, I really expect – the Ravens to really have a good prime time showing. Number one, not only because of the season they had, they have the MVP uh, currently under center, uh, the reigning MVP. But two, <clears throat> who their opponents are in the games that matter. Just running down the game for the Ravens schedule, Steve. The Ravens have a revenge game against the Titans at home, which obviously last year's playoff game. We have a home game against the Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions, which obviously we played them uh, airhead the last few years or I went to there on the Lamar. So that should be going. We play the Cowboys at home and the giants at home and uh, as well as the division. So there, there are some good games on the slate of Ravens, but not only that, but me and my dad love watching Monday night football tradition. Um, the Sunday night slate, the Thursday night slate, any of the primetime games, I, I pretty much, I pretty much follow from the Ravens schedule and go right to the Monday night and then look at the Sunday night and ultimately the Thursday night games. Uh, I can't wait, man. In in this was certainly very, very good news, considering the the status of sports as we know it as a whole. Um, the NFL not wavering, saying, "Look, we're putting out the schedule. It's going to be September tenth. This is the plan." And, and then, obviously, you know, uh, you know, just really hoping that the fans can really, including myself, attending Ravens games can really. And just, you know, get past all this and we can really congregate and tailgate and and, and and do NFL life as normal, not only real life, but just get back to the real sports. And and frankly, and obviously we'll probably get into the other sports, Steve, but I, I wonder if this is going to be the first sport that truly has fans in the stands. And if that's the case, I'm already getting chills just thinking about. the the, the electricity in the air if this is going to be the first live sports as America gets back to it.
0: Well, you know, yeah, that's exactly. um, But the one thing that I'm interested in is with it being a new season, you know, you have your mini camps, your OTAs, and then your training camps. But the NFL and the NFLPA have agreed to keep all the buildings closed until every state that the teams are in lifts its stay-at-home mandate. So, um, I've heard that multiple teams have agreed and are prepared <clears throat> to conduct off-season workouts and June mini camps virtually. So that'll be a first, which I'm, right. I'm I'm interested to see how that is. And why you know why we're talking to NFL this week, NFL commissioner Roger Goodell um, put out there that he will not accept a salary during the pandemic. So um, that's, that's good. I know he, could. that shouldn't draw any booze there. <clears throat> no, no, you <laughs> probably won't get any booze out of that. Um, but i I'm for just, once, I'm just interested to see with the schedule, you know, the Super Bowl champs open up and who are they going to open up against, right? Maybe it'll be the Ravens and the chiefs.
1: How about how about how about Tampa Bay's schedule now? Oh, I was going to be on that team too. Right,
0: and the one thing uh, that the NFL <laughs> did say is don't ex, um, don't expect uh, influx of Saturday games because I obviously Good. with the college football schedule maybe being delayed or postponed a little bit, it's probably going to push some things back. You know, the NFL is not trying to step on anyone's toes. Absolutely.
1: You can't forget about the uh, the great slate of Thanksgiving games as we always get pretty, too. So that's another first I usually look at is, you know, who, who the Lions and, and the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving yeah, and who's that night
0: game? Yeah, you have six teams. So, you know, it's normally three games and Cowboys or Lions are always there. So it'd be interesting to see who they're going to plug in there. Obviously, they're going to have to draw, you know, a crowd because let's face it, we don't know what's going to be happening on Thanksgiving. Most people could still, you know, we could still be at home, you know, having a ver- v- not, virtual Thanksgiving. I'm just being real, though. I
1: mean, hey, no, I appreciate that, you know, but it's it's so far away, man. Oh, it's November. Oh, it, it we're is. talking we're May right now. It is, but I get I get it. It's a conversation that has to be had because when you speak of Thanksgiving, a part two of this is it was put out by ESPN, right? That it was even said that they they're not going to put out the schedule, I guess, but there is a contingency plan if things were to have a slow go here and a slow start-up, they could start the season mid-October and then pr- pretty much still play the 16-game schedule or 17 weeks with the buy, and just move everything back a few months, about a month and a half or two. So th- that, I heard, is still on the table. Um, you know, my, If you ask my personal opinion, I, I would expect – I would hope this season would start on time. You know, who it's gonna be hard to determine how the mini camps affect that in training camps, right? In preseason football. But I feel if they put a mandate out there that no fans in the stands that early, maybe they play the first you know, three, four or five games on the schedule with no fans, that would be so weird, especially being football, Steve, as we're enthusiasts in that sport. That's the true home field advantage, man. The defense on that the field is true. full throat. Like I can't imagine you know number one teams that it's like a glorified practice but then two we got to go silent count because you're going to hear the, the signal calls and see everything so it's just to me it again you know having a live sport on tv and again and i know like other sports are different like nascar is getting started soon you know but the racing obviously we want fans that stands for this game we want fans in the gallery and on the side of the the holes for golf but some of these sports can still get away with it right now, but I feel like if there's an impact on uh, fans versus uh, the sport or fans in the sport, NFL is right up on top of the list, in my opinion, just because of the sheer home field advantage, that one-game impact, and, and it truly matters. Uh, most times they not, right? I mean, obviously it's tongue-in-cheek. Obviously the Ravens you know, lost their home playoff game I was at last year, but more times than not, that home field advantage rings true and you want to get it. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, you know, we'll just have to see how the schedule thing plays out. But I mean, you know, we kind of have no control over that. I just, I I do know that um, the NFL has said that they will they uh, will not play any like centralized locations. So the teams will home teams will play at home, and they will go on the road. It's not going to be like okay, we'll play in Florida, Vegas, so.
1: I didn't hear this yet. So speaking of on the road and traveling, what's going on with the international games? I as we know, the British Open for PGA has decided to be canceled of the, of the majors this year. Everything else is postponed. Is there going to be any lending games or anything like that?
0: Or that, know, that, that? That I haven't heard of. And to be honest with you, I don't think the NFL is probably going to do that this year. But that is a, that, that's a big money draw. You know, those, the, the Brits, look, they, you know, they look forward to us coming over there. Jacksonville's one team. That's kind of like, you know, the London Jaguars, which we'll touch on them here, (laughs) here in a minute, but they don't um, give Ravens fans too many good memories. Yeah. It's not, um, you know, that hasn't come out yet, which that should be in the schedule as well. So maybe next week we'll find out. Yeah. Can't wait. We'll We'll find out soon enough. Moving right along. (laughs) I want to touch on my Jacksonville Jaguars. I had a rant last night that I posted and it kind of, flick me off a little bit here. The Jags are not going to pick up the fifth-year option on Leonard Fournette. Now, me personally, just being a football guy and not putting my fan aspect into it, why are you not going to pick up a fifth-year option on a guy that has been your cowbell, right? I mean, yeah, he's he's come in. He He's had some injuries. He's had some on- and off-the-field problems. But other than that, he's been your your bell cow. He's been the guy that's been there. And I know there was talk. He wanted to sign Cam Newton and that was going to push Minshew Mani out the door. But I mean, he wants what's best for Jacksonville. He's trying to improve the team. And, you know, it just blew my mind that that's the only thing you have in Jacksonville. Right. So now you decline his fifth year option. He's going to make a little over 4 million this year. And then he becomes a free agent. Okay. The only other way they can keep him, is that they use a franchise tag, which in the end, you're going to end up paying them more money to franchise tag them that you would have if you just took the fifth-year option. You know, what if, he, you know, last year, he led the team in receptions and led the team in rushing. So when you have a running back of that caliber, you just don't pick up his fifth-year option. To me, it's a no-brainer you pick him up. What are your especially, thoughts on that?
1: Especially after... What they've been doing with the defense, dismantling them. They traded Jalen Ramsey last year. We know Clellis Campbell left for the Ravens. We know Yannick Ngakwe is unhappy, and that's still to be uh, resolved. So, and then AJ Boye. So they they blew up the stars on the defense. And again, we discussed on that prior podcast. They had to do it. They almost no choice. There's only so much money and all that. But you know, you're right. He is it for Jacksonville. You know, obviously they've had some movement in the wide receiver core, especially with the carousel quarter and the uncertainty quarterback right now, you know, with the running back, not only leading the team in receptions, which is insane, you know, to also leading the team in rushing. He's kind of like that versatile player. To me, it it screams a a prototype of a Lamar Jackson, but a running back, right? Instead of a quarterback, because he's out there, you know, we know Lamar for the Ravens can, you know, pass and, and run, but we know the Fournette can catch and run and, he, and it shows in the stats with the receptions and the rushing yards. So how can you not pick up the fifth year option? Is absurd in, in my opinion of, of Jacksonville to just not do that. I don't know what their end game is. I would love to be inside their heads, but it might make, make my own head hurt. Um it, you know, it, it from looking at his body of work, the dude had a monster year last year in my opinion. And uh, you know, not only in reality, but you know, we know our fantasy owners had some rewards to reap there as well. But I believe he had, you know, 1,500 scrimmage yards or a, might be rushing yards in, in less than the 16-game sleep. Like, he was – he's it. He, like you said, he's the bell cow. I'm very shocked that they wouldn't do, but I would love to know the end game with Jacksonville and what their playing is here. But if, if, if they're left with having to scramble and franchise him and or offer him a, a try to deal next year, I can see that going just like how the Ngakwe situation is right now. It's going to go very sour.
0: Yeah, and I don't get it, you know, like, you you don't you don't pick up his fifth-year option, but then you bring in Thompson from Washington to reunite with uh, Gruden, right? And we know right. Gruden, Gruden's offense, you know, TC came in, Tom Coughlin came in here. His teams were built on a power running game and a great defense, right? That's what won him two Super Bowls in New York. He started building that when he got here, and Fournette was the first piece to that puzzle. I guess in 2017, where'd they go? AFC Championship, right? Exactly. Yep. So, and, and the reason we lost that is, well, you can say there was a questionable call on the field. It was Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles was so inconsistent in Jacksonville, but you give that guy a fifth-year option? You, you, you give him a fifth-year option, but you won't give someone that essentially has done everything for your team since he's been there? And not to mention, he's a first... Round fourth overall pick, draft selection. Right, so, so he's warranted that. He, he's living up to the pedigree of his pick. Right. Now, what are you going to do if the guy goes out and, say, he rushes for 2,000 yards, has a Pro Bowl year, say, say he's in the race for the MVP?
1: They're going to be in the same boat. Uh Well, I, I, it went a little bit differently in Baltimore's situation, but it's almost going to be the same way Flacco did, except Flacco bet on himself. He declined the long-term deal, played out his final year of his deal, and then all, all you he did was win the Super Bowl. So the Ravens are stuck to pay him anyway. So if if Fournette does what he's been doing the last few years and then some, it's almost going to force Jacksonville to pay me, or or obviously he walks. I mean, and, be, and being that they don't pick up the fifth year option, that's likely going to happen. Being he enters free agency next year, so I would hate to see that happen in in a division where they go against Tennessee twice a year, which features Derrick Henry, um, another bruising running back. Uh, so I, I feel like in order for Jacksonville to compete in the division they're in uh, with the Texans, the Sean Watson company, I know they made some different moves. They got David Johnson now, you know, jettisoned uh, DeAndre Hopkins out. So there's some moving parts there, but Tennessee right now, I feel like is the team to beat if they kind of want to keep that momentum and get back to where they were in 2017, or at least, you know, start small and build and get back to the post season before you get there. So I feel like, This is it. Maybe you you keep the running back, pay him and build around him. If you're not going to pay a defensive uh, player, if you're not going to bring in a high-end quarterback and pay him, then why not, not even a receiver, why not pay the one position that's been consistent for you over these last few years? So I feel like it's definitely a misfire on on the franchise's part, especially the front office, if it don't get
0: done right. Well, you know, I questioned (laughs) the front office for, for a while. The Blake Bortles issue. Um, yeah. the Jalen Ramsey issue. But that's all because of what took place there. And that's all within their front office, right? Those guys were unhappy. But the thing is, is as a front office personnel, okay, let's sign Chris Thompson. So you sign him on a one-year deal, right? The, right. Kid, the, the kid's the kid been in the league seven years, and, and he, he hasn't played a full NFL season. A full 16-game season, he has not played in seven years. So now, we, uh, so now you're bringing in a guy that kind of is injury plagued, just because he's Gruden's guy. That doesn't make sense to me because after him and Fournette, you don't have anybody.
1: No, exactly, and it's and we only know he's brought in because of Gruden ties. It, it makes perfect sense, but it's like really, you have to put put yourself in Fournette's position, right? You know, you're you're performing at a high level. You know who you are. You know what you bring to the table. They bring in former head coach Jay Gruden to be an offensive coordinator, which he was previously. And <clears throat> excuse me. And then you bring in Chris Thompson, and then they're not getting your fifth-year option. You kind of just sitting there saying, "Hey, you know," and you know, but it also would not bode him well to kind of cut his all nose off the spice face, right? It wouldn't. It wouldn't make sense for him to underperform that out of spite because oh, I'm going to stick it to him because it's it's a career. Not, it's a career defining year for him because if he's going to get into free agency, he has to continue to ball out. Because if he just mails it in, because the Jaguars are showing their true colors and their hands, and and they want to bring in Chris Thompson under Gruden's offense, then he won't get his money, he won't get paid, and obviously his agent and him are smarter than that. They know, but it, it could easily rub the player the wrong way and cause a holdout. Uh, it, I mean, it, it could easily call. I, I wouldn't even be surprised, depending on how this offseason does go for the NFL, because they're uncharted territory, if this would be a holdout scenario or if he just says, I'm not showing up again, it would hurt his career more than help it. Um, but uh, let's hope he does the right thing professionally and just continues to look out for him and him only at this point.
0: Well, he's already stated that he wants to do what's, excuse me, what's best for the team. And he's coming in to help Jacksonville win. He's going to do whatever, they, whatever he has to do to help them win. But, but yet yeah, you're not going to pick up his option? Now, to me, that just doesn't sound right. No, yeah, it doesn't at all. And it's very irritating being a Jaguars fan. But I want to touch on enough with the Jaguars. I want to touch on two sports that are coming back to live events. You got NASCAR, okay? They're going green in May. Okay, a couple weeks here. Seven races in eleven days—that's a lot of racing in eleven days. And I normally go to a couple races a year, so I'm pretty stoked. I know there isn't going to be any fans in the in the seats, and there's going to be very limited uh, team personnel and media and all that good stuff. What are your thoughts on that, Josh?
1: First off, I'm excited uh, beyond belief um, for you know for being. You know, a fan of the sport myself, you know, I, I've been to a few races there in Dover. Um, and then obviously been involved in watching the iRacing series on Fox Sports one. So that's been fun for me to see the virtual side. And, and obviously as we know, Jeff Gordon, uh, ha- had some fun and came out of a retirement quote unquote to a uh, racing in the iRacing series and professionally there for one, one Sunday. So it was fun. You know, and that's been the closest we have, to live sports, if not for WWE's entertainment as well. So it's like the Here, NASCAR actually officially coming back live on the track, fans or no fans, you, you, all, you really have to be excited, and, and who cares if you don't like NASCAR? This is big news for sports in 2020, being that this is the first sport to make a comeback and in two weeks in Darlington uh, you know, Speedway. So this is going to be... Uh, amazing. And I, I I honestly can't wait to turn it on two Sundays from now and relax and watch some, some live coverage. Uh, I mean, the closest thing we had prior to that was just past the NFL draft. So, you know, we're starting to get a little bit of taste back. We're starting to, you know, see some sports news come back And, and being that NASCAR setting the stage right here. And then the PGA to follow in June is, is beyond belief, man. And I'm excited to see them back on track, but also seven races in 11 days. It's grueling, um, you know, but you also have to fig these guys are the best of the best in their sport. Uh, they haven't raced, you know, since when? Like what? Daytona in a few races after that. I think they're what three or four races in right, the season right. anyway. Before I, I can't remember the last race. I will have to go back and research it to be honest with you, Steve. But um, I mean, Daytona was entertaining. We got to watch that in February, a month before this whole circus started. So. You know, given that they haven't driven a while, I'm sure they're still keeping in excellent shape. Uh, a lot of the drivers, or some of the drivers, not a lot, but some of the drivers that do run in the in the, uh, Monster NASCAR series um, have been doing iRacing. And it is simulated racing online. It's all the eye-end coordination. So you have to feel those drivers have an advantage somewhat because they've been getting a simulated feel for the some of the tracks they've been driving and how the car set up and how it feels. So they're, they're kind of used to the, the simulation of driving. So, you know, obviously, you know, simulation versus reality is way, way different when you're in a live car. Right. But, um, but you get to the point of that is, you know, it's just better than not being around it at all. So I feel like it's, it's going to be grueling for these drivers uh, maybe they have some backup drivers in case there's some fatigue sets in, and I'm sure they have some, some contingency plans for their teams, right? But I feel like this is going to be exciting for the for the world of sports to you know, here in two weeks. We got something to live to sink our teeth into, whether it's racing or, or not, or golf. I don't care what it is. It's live. It's sports, and it's going to be awesome.
0: Well, the procedures that'll be in place while we're talking about it is, right. <clears throat> excuse me, only licensed NASCAR team members will be allowed into the racetrack. But, and they're going to have to cover their face, okay? If not, they're removed from the facility. Teams in the work areas in the garage will spread out to comply with social distancing guidelines. Well, listen, you know if you're working on a car, you need one or two, three guys, you're not going to be able to be six feet apart and turn wrenches. They don't make them that big, okay? Nope. So to me, that's kind of, eh, I don't understand that. It's a gray area, and it's yeah, I don't understand that either. Then it says that spotters normally working shoulder to shoulder uh, atop of the press box will spread out to comply with social distancing guidelines as well. Uh, I can kind of understand that. Then it says competitor motorhomes, which are the drivers, will be allowed in the racetrack infield. But instead of occupying one enclosed area, they're going to be spread out again. So now you're going to limit a lot of that space is going to be taken up. Teams will be only limited to 16 total members, including the driver, and that's where I had said that you know you got all these members of the teams. It's it's hard to cut four or five guys out because those might be the four or five guys that you really need,
1: right? Yeah. How do you how do you determine who makes the team? You know, kind of have a competition amongst themselves. I mean, it's I feel like look if you're going to go live, go all the way. I mean, again, I. I I don't want to keep flip back to sports, the sports, but it's like take the NFL. Are you going to tell the NFL in September? Only half your staff is on the sidelines. Like, give me a break. Like, I feel like this defeats the purpose of going live. I get the the precautions, right? You got to be safe still, but if you're going to bring a sport back, bring it back. Don't tell us that. I get the media and I get the fans, but at least for the personnel's sake, I mean, I, I know WWE's working with limited crew, but for NASCAR, it's way different. You got to work on cars. I mean, you're all mechanics. I mean, I, I Again, it's just beyond me to see how it's going to be feasible. I'm sure the teams have been asking a million questions, um, as, as us, as sports fans. But, yeah, to me, I'm agreeing with you, man. I don't see how it's feasible if you just don't go all the way with your personnel at this
0: point. And they're returning to one of the most iconic in history tracks in the sport, okay, Darlington. So they're going to have three races in Darlington. It's going to be the Cup Series, the Xfinity Series, and then the Cup Series again and then they go to Charlotte for a cup series, Xfinity trucks, and then a cup series again. So they're they're implementing all the series in NASCAR, which is is nice because you get to see a little bit of everything. And you're still, you're still going to have that, you know, Memorial Day race at Charlotte. So so that's nice. Um, but it's just going to be it's going to be weird but at the same time it's going to be really nice to actually see something live. Oh, absolutely. I can't wait. And while we're on NASCAR coming back, we also have UFC. Dana White has made it happen. They're coming back. They're going to have UFC fight nights in May, and then they're also going to have the pay-per-view. So, I mean, the thing is, here too is there's going to be nobody, no fans, okay? And Dana White has been saying this for weeks, that he's going to make a fight happen. And, you know, May 13th and May 16th is going to be UFC fight nights in Jacksonville, Florida. So, I mean, I'm interested to see that. Obviously, there are some um, some headlines there. Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira will headline the uh, fight night on the 13th. And then Overeem and Walt Harris will heavyweights are going to headline it on May 16th. So that's going to be a good fight. Uh, listen, UFC is great. Anytime you can watch two guys beat each other up or Two chicks beat each other up. It's great. I, I'm just glad that, again, there's another sport that's coming back slowly but surely. And it may be a little different at first, just like the draft was virtually. But I think everybody's going to adjust. And I think they're still going to pull big numbers. What are your thoughts?
1: I think so, man. And again, um, you know, not forgetting about USC the week prior to the NASCAR race. May is going to be a full, full month right here uh, getting started with UFC. Uh, next Saturday night, man. It's again. I can't wait. Um, you know, might not be some of the fighters that we know and love, but you know, for Dana White to be putting this together and the fighters to agree on this, and for them to actually get this sport started as well, um, combat sports and racing, man, we're back in full force. And I, I applaud Dana White and, and the UFC as a whole for getting this underway and the fighters to agree to you know you know, obviously keep training under these conditions, agree to, to come together. And actually fight. and you know, as we discuss guidelines right from NASCAR uh, about how you work with cars and limited teams, you know, fighting, you're pretty much on top of each other, touching each other. So uh, I'm pretty sure there's going to be no distancing guidelines in this sport. Uh, you can bet you on that one.
0: Well, the thing is, they're going to have two fight night events in the same uh arena. So yes, so, so they're really not going to, you know, it's not that they're coming in and other people were here and. All that good thing. But it's, uh, it's coming back. And then there is going to be, for the uh, UFC 249, May 9th, uh, Tony Ferguson and Justin uh, Galacci are going to fight. And the winner of that is going to face, um, uh, shoot, what's his name? The champion. Uh, of which class? Uh, lightweight. Lightweight. Of lightweight? Yeah. Um, I, I, can't, uh, I can't Yeah, remember. I have to go back and look. They want to beat Conor McGregor up. Um, man, shucks, I don't even have his name. I
1: but, can look it up if you give me a few
0: seconds. It's lightweight, but you know, you'll
1: see lightweight champion is
0: that's well, Khabib. That's it, that, that's it. Khabib, Duh. Khabib. I thought
1: there was okay, yeah, yeah so we that. The, you mean back in October, yeah.
0: yeah one of those, crazy. one of those two guys, whoever wins that fight is gonna yep. fight Khabib for the title, so they're gonna be the interim lightweight, you know, uh, champion, but um. Yeah, I'm really stoked about this. I mean, it's starting to come together. You know, they're opening up golf courses. They're opening up parks here. You know, so it, things are slowly coming back, but it's just going to take some time. But in the sports world, man, I I couldn't be happy. May is going to be an action-filled month.
1: Yeah, man, it's going to be a, a great month to just actually get to – you know, come together and watch sports. And for all those who don't know the card, uh, the main card is actually pretty stacked, to be honest with you. Obviously, uh, Steve just mentioned the main fight, Tony Ferguson, Justin Gaeth. And then uh, we have uh, Henry Cajudo and Dominic Cruz. That's going to be another good one. And then how about Francis Nagano uh, fighting as well? Um, so I, I feel like the card is pretty much, it's still going to be a great card regardless. And for for another, uh, another first for the last sports to come back a few months later, um, you know, again, this is going to be, uh, wonders, uh, for sports fans, especially the combat sports UFC is one of my favorites. I love getting the pay-per-views. Um, obviously it's going to be on ESPN plus. Um, so obviously check that out if you don't have it. Um, I- I'm sure everybody's going to be tuned in, uh, for this one next weekend, man. It's going to be fantastic.
0: Yeah. So we'll definitely, uh, <laughs> have to, we'll, next week when we do a show, uh, if you're available to come on, we'll, we'll definitely have a lot more to talk about, but. Oh, uh, Absolutely. But Especially you, if we can
1: cover the fights and uh, the, the NASCAR are coming up, man. Definitely.
0: Yeah, that's going to be great. So uh, thanks. And for, maybe
1: even the schedule. When the NFL schedule gets released. Yeah, get exactly. It, yeah. down that. Absolutely. We're
0: going to have an action-packed show. So uh, thanks for coming on today. And, hey, Steve, uh, man. Thanks for having me yeah, once again. Appreciate and we're, it. And we're going to get out of here. So, uh, again, thanks for joining the Strictly Sports broadcast. I'm your host, Steve Strickland. Special guest today was Josh Meir. Um, if you like the show and want to know more, check us out on the podcast Anchor app available on Apple and or Google devices or run over to our Facebook page at Strictly Sports Podcast and leave us a note. Let let us know what you think. Josh, thanks again, buddy, and we'll see you. Welcome, man. We'll see you.